welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. First John chapter 5 and verse 12. 1 John 5 and 12. Let me start from verse 11. It says, and this is the testimony, the amplified version says, that evidence. This is the testimony, that evidence, God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Come on, say, is in his son. Said he who possesses the son has that life. He who does not possess the son of God does not have that life. So I write this to you who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on the name of the son of God. In the particular services and blessings conferred by him on men. That you may know with settled and absolute knowledge. That you already have life. Yes, eternal life. Someone say I have life. life. Say it again, I have life. So we started talking about fate or foolishness. Can I have my artwork for today put up on the screen? Fate or foolishness. Fate or foolishness. Last week we talked about did God really speak to me? Did God really speak to me? You know, sometimes you go through certain things and you begin to wonder did I really hear God? Did God talk to me? How come I'm having this experience or having that experience? Did God really speak to me? So today we're looking at when should I stop believing? When should I stop believing? How many of you have ever gotten to the point in your life where you felt that your own is too much. Felt that your own is even too much. Haba. Every other person is doing this or doing that. You, you are still here saying, I'm trusting God, I'm believing God, I'm believing God. And then you've met certain friends who have said to you, come, let's show you a better way. Come, let's show you another path. Let's show you another path way to get it done. I you say, don't worry, I'm trusting God, I'm believing God. So is there a time frame to my believing? When should I stop believing God? Or when should I stop believing? First John 5, 4 says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. 
If there is nothing for you to fight, then there is nothing for you to overcome. If there is no battle, then there is no victory. So, but the life that you have is the one that overcomes the world. So, to overcome the world means that the world is against you. It means that you're moving in a direction and the world is moving in another direction. To overcome the world means that the things that you do, the ways at which you operate is different from the way the world operates. So you are not going the way of the world, but by faith, you are overcoming the world. So who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So the life that you have, like we read in, in verse 12, is he that does not have the Son does not have this life. But he that has the Son has this life. The message translation says, every God-begotten person conquers the world's ways the conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith and the person who wins out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes Jesus is the son of God so when do I stop believing if I believe that Jesus is the son of God then scripture promises me that I will have victory all right now because i have the life of god in me i conquer the world's ways so the world is going in a particular way and then god needs me to have my faith intact so that i can bring the world to its knees that's what he's saying so it's very clear that as a believer as a child of god you're not powerless you're not weak all right you're not incapable Right? And God has put you in a position of victory. And that victory, um, your faith is what amplifies your voice. That's why I call it the believer's voice of victory. Faith amplifies your voice. Okay, so let's get right into it. When should I stop believing? Is there a time when we should stop believing? Has your faith been tested to the point where it almost looks like you're being foolish and not being responsible? Is there a limit to our believing God? Is there a limit? It's okay. At this point, God has tried. Let me not stress him. So let me take over from here. I've felt like that before. That God, you know what? You can't do everything. Let's tell ourselves the truth. So you have tried. At this point, we now quote a scripture that is not in scripture. Heaven help those who help themselves. I say, okay, God, let me take over from here. Mark chapter 9. Let's start from there. Mark chapter 9 and verse 14. It says, and when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them. And scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed. And ran up to him and greeted him. And, and he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you. For he has a spirit that makes him mute. 
and whenever it seizes him it throws him down and he forms and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid so i asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able and he answered them oh faithless generation how long am i to be with you how long am i to bear with you bring him to me and they brought the boy to him and when the spirit saw him immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth and jesus asked his father how long has this been happening to him and he said from childhood so i want to believe that the parents one way or another been trusting god for this person's healing for his miracle from childhood it's been happening to him from childhood and it has often cast him into into fire and into water to destroy him he says but if you can do anything have compassion on us and help us and jesus said to him if you can jesus's response was that really are you saying if i can are you asking me of the possibility is that what you're saying if i can let me read another translation for you and then you you'll understand let me look for Mark chapter 9. Let me read another translation. This is the amplified translation. So from verse 22. And it has often thrown him both into fire and into water. Intending to kill him. But if you can do anything. Do have pity on us and help us. And Jesus answered, you say to me, if you can do anything, why? That was Jesus' response. You're saying to me, if I can do anything, why are you insinuating that my doing anything is conditional? If you can do anything, why? And then he says, all things can be, in bracket, are possible to him who believes. To him who believes. So immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to him, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and then he arose. He arose. Sometimes we have the notion that God is conditional about what he wants to do for us we have the the belief that it is tied to something 
So Jesus in response to them was that, why are you asking me if I can? Because of course I can. And then he says, all things are possible for the one who believes. For the one who believes. So there are two questions that came to my heart while I was preparing for this um, particular topic. But there are two questions that every believer should ask before you get to the point where you ask, when should I stop believing? If at all, I'm going to stop believing. There are two questions that will come to your heart. Number one. But before then, I need you to know that the person who believes that I can and the one who believes that I cannot, they're both correct. Right? The one who believes that I can and the one who believes that I cannot, they are both correct. So one person believes in possibility, one person believes in impossibility. So for those who believe that they cannot, I have one very simple answer to you. I'll just say to your own matter once and for all. If those who believe that you cannot. Philippians 4.13. It says, I have strength for all things. In Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything. Through him who infuses strength into me. I'm self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So if you believe that you cannot... You are very correct. So I want to bring you to the place where you believe that you can. Alright? So to bring you to that place where you believe you can, I have to let you know first of all that your ability does not rest in yourself. That's why you think you cannot. So Paul is saying that my strength is in Christ. I can do all things. But not that I can do all things. But I can do it through Christ. So when Jesus was telling them that, do you, are you saying, if I can? If I can? So Paul here is saying, is saying to them that, I can do all things, but I can't do all things, but through Christ. It means that I have ability to a limit, but that ability does not have any limit when it comes to Christ. So I can function like this on my own. But when it comes to Christ, his ability supersedes mine. So I cannot on my own. But when it comes to Christ, I can do all things. Through him that strengthens me. Let me expantiate. It says, they amplified. It says, in Christ who empowers me, I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses strength to me. I'm self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So my sufficiency is of him, not of myself. It means that the one who gives me strength is giving me strength to do what he wants done, not what I want done. Are you understanding so, if I lack strength, I ask him for strength. And he gives me the strength. 
not because of what I want to do, but because of what he wants to do. So he doesn't just give strength. I say, you don't have strength, take. I'm sharing strength everywhere. Everybody take strength, take strength. No. He's giving me the strength for the purpose for which the strength needs. Are you understanding the logic? So if you believe that you cannot, you're very correct. But you have to move from that place from where you believe you cannot to the realm of possibility. Then if you move to possibility, then we can now have the discussion while you are believing that things are possible. Then you now have the discussion that when should I stop believing that things are possible? Because if, you're, if you don't even believe that it's possible, we won't have any discussion in the first place. Because there's nothing to discuss. But now we've brought you from the place of impossibility to possibility. Now you are believing something is possible. So how long should you hold on to believing that it's possible? How long? How long? Is there a time frame for me to stop? It's okay. You have tried. Let's stop here. How long? But if you have a greater cause you are walking towards, if you have something for which strength has been given to you, then there is something to believe for. If you have a cause, a bigger vision, so you know that it's not about you, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. The strength you are carrying is because of the weight of what he wants to bring on you. The wisdom that you have and displaying is not because you want to show everybody that you're wise. No. It's because of what Christ wants to do through you. So if I'm believing for anything, it's not for my selfish motive. If I'm believing for anything, it's not for my own rational thinking or my reasoning. No. If I'm trusting God for anything, it's not because I want to consume it on my own lust. No. It's because there's a greater cause. There's a bigger vision. There's a greater purpose. So if I'm holding on to that, and I know that this thing I'm holding on to is a greater cause, because it is Christ in me with the hope of glory, and it is Christ's strength in me that is empowering me to believe and to do the things I want to do, then should there be a time where I should stop. So there are two questions. One of them is this. What do I believe that is possible? What is the thing I believe that is possible? After all, scripture has said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. But Christ will not just strengthen me for nothing. Somebody can decide that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And they say, Christ, please strengthen me. I want to go and rob. It's still strength you're asking for. Strength is strength. Right? You can say, God, give me planning skills. I need planning skills. And you take that planning skills and plan how to rob. Planning skills is planning skills. Ability is ability. Right? Say, God, I want you to help me to be able to strategize, you know, and calculate things and set things in order. I need that.
kind of ability. Like a project manager kind of thing. You can ask for that. Hitler had it. Some terrible leaders that we've had in the world, they had that ability. But then, to what purpose? Alright? So what is it that I am believing for? What is it that I am trusting for? What do I believe is possible? What do I believe is possible? So you don't make a shipwreck of your faith. Deuteronomy chapter 32. It says, that very day the Lord spoke to Moses from verse 48. It says, go up this mountain of the Abarim, Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, opposite Jericho, and view the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the people of Israel for a possession, and die on the mountain which you go up, and be gathered to your people, as Aaron, your brother, died in Mount Hall and was gathered to his people. Because you broke faith with me in the midst of the people of Israel at the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin, and because you did not treat me as holy in the midst of the people of Israel, for you shall see the land before you, but you shall not go there in the, into the land that I am giving to the people of Israel. There was nothing Moses could have done to see the land of Canaan. Even if he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And even if he said, you know what? My faith is all stirred up. I can do all things. I can believe for anything. And then he goes to say, Canaan land, I must see you. And starts fasting and starts praying. There was nothing he could have done to see that land. So what do you believe that is possible? If God says all things are possible to him that believes, Moses could have said, okay, God, you said your own, but I believe in my heart because I have faith. And you can have faith for the wrong thing. You can express belief for the wrong thing. You can express enthusiasm for the wrong thing. You can display spiritual gymnastics for the wrong thing. For the very wrong thing. Why I found out is because we lack true knowledge. True knowledge. We lack true knowledge. Let me give you an example. Pastor, when we come. Where's your ring? Okay. Just hide it somehow like this. Hide it. Now let's assume somebody walks into this place who is trusting God for his spouse. Right? Walks into this place. Didn't see Pastor Umi's ring. Or maybe she forgot her ring that day. And then a young bloke guy coming in here just and he met her maybe on the pulpit and she's spitting fire from there. And he just enters. He says, my Lord, my Lord. Car. And he hears a voice telling him, My son, my son, this is the way. And then he sits down, and throughout the service, he's what? Receiving, 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 receiving. He didn't see her ring, kept receiving. And he was sure that she's the one. Everything complete. 
And then he goes home. He didn't ask any question. Goes home and says, thank you, Father. The mission is done. I knew why you sent me to that church. She has no idea. So he spent the entire service. Will you say he was, in, he was not in faith? To him, he was in faith. To him, he believed that this was the way. And then the next Sunday, he comes with one of his friends to show that, ha, see the fish that I've caught. And then that Sunday, God bless him, she came with her husband. Anna's they were for Thanksgiving. Thank you. You're spoiling the matter. So as, as the guy entered, he looked. Ah, maybe it's her brother. And then the Holy Spirit turned his eyes and then he saw her ring. And then his heart broke on. And he feels like, ah, but I felt the power of God. Ah, even as I was talking, I felt the presence of God. I mean, what happened? Have you ever been in such a situation? Don't move too much, just gently. You've been in such a situation? But I thought, but I thought, the missing link is that you do not have adequate knowledge. You only know in part. And through that limited knowledge, you just judged that she was single. And then because of that, you know, we're very, we're very myopic in our understanding and thinking. So, we don't, the moment we see something, our body, you know, your mind can tell you that you are in faith. Your mind can tell you that you are in faith and there's nothing anybody wants to tell you until adequate knowledge comes and you realize it's foolishness. You realize this foolishness. Because one, you have been clouded. Your judgment has been clouded by your own senses. Sometimes we, we think that our senses don't cloud our spirituality. They do a lot of the time. A lot of the time. There are some things that will never happen again on the face of the earth. Not because God cannot. If you like. How many people have tried to go to the, um, um, to the zoo just like Daniel did? And they've been dealt with. Doesn't mean that God is no longer the God of Daniel. No, but what is it you are believing for? The context in which it happened for Daniel is different from the context in which it's happening for you. Say, okay, ah, hey, God parted the Red Sea. So I'm going to go to the Red Sea now and part it to prove to the world that there is a God in Israel. God doesn't need anybody to prove that he's God. So you go there. Say, Red Sea, Red Sea, Red Sea part. The context in which he parted the Red Sea is different now. If you want to, the context was that the, the children of Israel needed to cross over to the other side. If you want to cross the Red Sea now, go and buy flight tickets. You will cross. That's a miracle. Buy the flight ticket. Believe him for ticket, flight money and buy the ticket. You will cross the Red Sea. It's also a miracle. Miracle is a miracle. Preach it. But because you don't understand the context, you think that, oh, 
if I cannot part the Red Sea, then God is not God. He has left parting Red Sea. He's now supplying tickets. He has left it. But you fail to get the knowledge that is now ticketing and reservation. <laughs> that the angels have been employed for. You fail to get that knowledge. So you are looking for where to part Red Sea. That Red Sea will not part and God will still be God. What happened? You've made a shipwreck of your faith and it now looks like foolishness. Not because God doesn't want to answer, but because you lack the knowledge. The context in which he was operating then is different from the context in which he's operating now. So there is nothing Moses would have done to see Canaan land. Nothing. No matter if he goes to all the other prophets, if there was any other prophet that was bigger than him. Say, ah, so, and you know those days when we, when we read in scripture now that um, God spoke to Moses we used to think that God came and in all his fullness and Moses just said oh my God my God this is you no the same way God is speaking to you that you are doubting is the same way the same way he's telling you something and you say is he God is he not God is the same way God spoke to Moses It's the same way. That intuition, that in, I mean, and then you say, oh boy, no Canaan land for you. He said, devil, I bind you. I bind you. God will be looking at you like this. I said, no Canaan land for you. How can you tell me that? I am Moses. I parted the Red Sea. You cannot tell me I will not see Canaan land. And that's how many of us behave. When God is telling us something, he says, ah, Satan, I bind you. No way, no way. Ah, I must travel. I must travel. I must travel. No demon can stop it. Satan, I bind you. Pastor, I'm coming to see you. Something has been telling me that I'm not going to travel. But I bind it and I... Ah, uncle, auntie, if God says you're not going, you're not going. If you now choose to fight against him, his mercy will still prevail. His love will still prevail. He will still be God. He will still be God. So what is it you are believing for that is possible? What do you believe is possible? Is it something that God is against? Check the knowledge you are working with. Check the knowledge. In 1 Chronicles chapter 17. From verse 1. It says, Now when David lived in his house, David said to Nathan the prophet, Behold, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under a tent. And Nathan said to David, Do all that is in your heart, for God is with you. Is that not the word of God? Is that not the word that came from a, pro from a prophet? He said, Do all that is in your heart, for God is with you. It was in the heart of David to build God a temple. And the word of God had come to him, said, do all that is in your heart, for God is with you. Let's go on. He said, but that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan, go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, it is not you who will build me a house to dwell in. For I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up Israel to this day. 
But I have gone from tent to tent and from dwelling to dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all Israel, did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus, says, thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in their own place, and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall waste them no more, as formerly. From the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will subdue all your enemies, moreover I declare to you that the Lord will build you a house. When your days are fulfilled to walk with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, one of your sons, your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. God began to give David the boundaries by which he can believe. Say, do all that is in your heart for God is with you. But here is the boundary. Here is the boundary. Here is the boundary of what is possible for you, David. Here is the boundary for what you can believe that is possible. I will settle your, I will deal with all your enemies. I will move uh, children of Israel to a place that they will not be troubled anymore. Under your regime. But concerning building me a house, David... There is no sacrifice you want to give. There is no offering you want to give, David. There is no dance you want to dance, David. You cannot build me a house. Is it that David did not believe? But knowledge had set in. The knowledge is that God had given him the boundaries. These are the things I will do for you. These are the things I will do with you. But to cross this path, forget it, David, you cannot build me a house. Is God wicked? No, God is not wicked. Does God like Solomon more than he likes David? No. He doesn't. So if David had said, I can do all things through Christ, I will go ahead and build the house. Would he be acting in faith or in foolishness? In foolishness. Why? Because he's going outside the boundaries of his jurisdiction. And he's not walking according to accurate knowledge. He's not walking according to accurate knowledge. And here's another one in Matthew chapter 20. From verse 20. It says, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons and kneeling before him asked him for something. And he said to her, What do you want? She said to him, See, say that these two sons of mine are to sit at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. 
Ha, Jesus laughed. Ha. He said, you do not know what you are asking. Ah, but Jesus, you don't understand now. You say we should ask anything and you will do it for us. Anything does not mean anything. When you read scripture, don't read it out of context. Say, ah, God said we should ask anything. Say, ask anything. Say, you do not know what you are asking. Say, are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left, it is not mine to grant. For it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. There are some things that have been prepared by God that you can't change. You can't change. There's no fasting. There's no prayer. It will do you well to know the mind and the heart of God than to make a shipwreck of your faith. It will do you well to pursue the heart of God and know him than to just ask for anything because you saw it in scripture. Everything in scripture is not for us. Not everything you see in scripture you name and claim. No, you can name and claim everything. Understand the context in which it was there for. Understand the, the, the reason God said it to, to what people, why he said it, to what dispensation. Why did he say it to these people and not to these people? Before you start claiming it as a blessing. No. Not everything. So when you read scripture, understand the context in which it was said. Why was it said? What dispensation to what people? Who was God referring to? Was he referring to believers? Was he referring to unbelievers? Why did he say it? Before you claim it as a blessing. He said, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? Because it's my father's hand to determine who sits on my left or who sits on my right. He said, ah, I want a double portion of your anointing. Yeah. Okay. It is possible to believe for a double portion. But hear me. If you see me when I'm taken away, then it's yours. Then it's yours. So it had a condition attached to it. It had something attached to it. So if he didn't have the knowledge that you have to see Elijah when he's taken away, you have to see him. And he just stays and believing a double portion will come. Because that's what the other prophets did. They said, ah, do you not know your master is going to be taken away from you? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. But nobody made an attempt to know, to get the knowledge of what is required. Nobody made an attempt. But Elijah did. And then he got the knowledge that this is what I need to get the double portion. I need to see him 
when it's taken away. So what is it that you're believing that is possible? So ask yourself, what is it I'm believing that is possible? So that I don't make a shipwreck of my faith. I don't make a shipwreck of my faith. If you believe, you can, you can take the scripture and say, God said that I can do all things through Christ Jesus. So, no problem. I believe you, Father, and will be the next president of the United States of America. It's a good thing, oh, because I will claim that I know you. At least you will not deny me. It's a good thing. But my brother, understand the context behind it. Understand the context surrounding it. Is that the jurisdiction for you? It's not a bad thing to believe to be the president of the US of A. No. But is it within your jurisdiction? There are certain things that are not within our jurisdiction that we claim and name and Lord I receive and I have. I was, I was at the um, office on I think last, last week Monday. So Reverend Christy Baturi came and she said that um, PJ come and see let me tell you what happened someone gave her a, a car a convertible Mercedes convertible so she was so excited I said come and see have you seen the car downstairs I said yeah I saw it I said, ah, somebody gave it to her as a gift I said wow wow that's good so I, I, I went down I opened the car uh, I started it and, and all that I now put on the convertible so everybody in the compound was like wow wow one guy just came I believe I receive. I say, come on. <laughs> yeah, I believe I receive it. Remember I said, believe I receive this one. You don't need it now for your level. Is it wrong for him to have a Mercedes convertible? No, it's not wrong. But at that his level, he doesn't need it. And more so, we know the guy. If he has that Mercedes, girls are finished. Yes. There are some people, if, you, if God gives you a car today, he will have to deploy 50 angels extra. So why waste resources? You just leave the car. Is God a bad God not to give you a car? No. But get into certain knowledge. It will help your believing. You will know what's possible. And you believe God within the context of what is possible for you within that season. Another season will come and it will tell you, I want you to believe me for a million dollars. But now he says, believe me for 50,000. And I say, no. Motivational speaker say we should stretch our feet. So God, I believe for $50,000. And you've never seen 25K. <laughs> say, ah. But no, we have to believe for big things. Big things within the context. Within context. Is it wrong to believe God for $50,000? No. But if you've never seen 25K before, my brother, calm down. Just believe him for 10K first. When he gives you the 10K, say, Father, I thank you. I'm now believing you for 15K. And he gives it to you, say, Father, I, what he's doing, he's stretching your capacity. 
Is it that God? Are you saying? Ah, eh, is he? Is he only colored eh, eh, God to be speaking to about millions and billions? Even me too. I want millions and billions. But you've never seen one million before in your life. Start with fifty thousand. Start with twenty thousand. Believe him for it. Then your faith stretches and expands. Once it expands to the point, then God now says, ah, "You believe me for fifty thousand. Let's take it up to a hundred thousand." Not because he cannot just give you up. So if God just give you 20 million in your account, you just fall sick. Just be sick for no reason. Headache will come, pain will come. You've not seen money that used to cause sickness. You temperature. <laughs> your body will just develop temperature. Hot. For no reason, you won't know why. And then you will not be able to eat. I'm serious. Money can cause it. Say, bros, eat. Say, I know feet, I know feet, I don't know why. I just get joy. <laughs> because you can't handle it. Not because God is bad. He's a good God. So know what is possible to believe for within the context and then grow from there. Go, if scripture says yes, that all things are yours. But my brother, all things are yours within a context. If you live in a in a in a self-contained all things are yours within the self-contained you cannot claim the compound <clears throat> you did not pay rent for the compound you paid rent for self-contained so all things are yours within self-contained when god em em empowers you and increases you and you now pay for two bedroom all things are yours within two bedroom he increases you. You now own a duplex. All things are yours within the duplex. All things are not yours on your street. No. You don't have the street yet. Because capacity has an objective. It's to multiply value. Not to diminish value. If God delivers resources to you, it's so that increase will come. Not to reduce. So if your capacity is increased in the kingdom of God, it's so that you can be a blessing to more people. Not to reduce. God will not give you what will kill you. No. And he says that it is, they are hidden for us, not from us. So if God has reserved it for you, then let him prepare you for it. Because it's still yours. All things are yours. They are yours. But within a context. So know what is possible to believe for. And then number two. Whom do I believe? Whom? Do I believe in my ability? Do I believe in my strength? Why will God answer me? You know, sometimes we, we approach him to say things like, Father, I've been fasting for three days for this thing. I know you said that if you ask, if I ask anything, you will do it. You've already brought the basis for which you will ask. What's the basis? You've been fasting for three days. If God, if it's not within your jurisdiction, forget your fast. If it's within your jurisdiction, even with 30 minutes fast, you will get it. So why should I stress myself trying to fast for something where I can fast to know him 
and then when I know him, I know what's mine. So I can do all things through Christ. So I have not found the Christ. I'm trying to do all things. No, it can't work. Tell your neighbor, call it work. It can. So I can do all things through Christ. So let me find the Christ. When I found him, I will now know what it is that I can do. Whom do I believe in? Do I believe in my ability? Or do I believe in God's ability? Many times we make a shipwreck of our faith because we believe in our, our ability. Say, oh, ah, no, that thing, don't worry. I'm ready, I'm prepared. Is it wrong for us to prepare? No, it's not wrong for us to prepare. It's not wrong for us to be ready. No. But when we boast in our ability, our strength, what we can do, because of how much effort we have put into it and know that no, if I do this and do this and do this, this thing will work like this. It doesn't always work that way. Let me close. Second Timothy chapter 1 from verse 9. Who saved us and called us to a holy calling not because of our works but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. See, everything is in Christ Jesus. Not because of our works but because God had a higher purpose, a higher calling and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who abolished death and through and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher which is why I suffer as I do he said but I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me I know in whom I have believed so Paul recognized that the sufferings I'm going through, the things, the difficult times I'm going through, I know in whom I have believed. I'm not trusting my ability. I'm not trusting my strength. I'm walking within the jurisdiction that God has given to me. I'm walking within the confines of the context for which I'm called to operate. I'm walking within the purpose and the calling of God. So I know whom I believe. Stand to your feet. When should I stop believing so that I don't make a shipwreck of my faith? Know what's possible. Know what you believe that is possible within the context and confines of the grace that God has given to you. As that grace increases, as that capacity increases, God begins to entrust you with more. And then you can believe him for more. And then know in whom you have believed.
Have you been blessed today? Lift your hands to heaven and bless them. Say thank you, Father. Say I trust you, God. Regardless, I trust you. I put my hope in you. I put my hope in you. I will not make a shipwreck of my faith. I want us to pray one prayer. To seek God, to know God, to find him first. Before you begin to find the things. It says, I can do all things. But I cannot do all things. But through Christ. So the all things that I can do is through Christ. So I have to find the Christ first. When I find him, then I know what's possible for me to do. Because the things that are possible for me are in Christ Jesus. So what is possible for me now may not be what's possible for you now. But when each of us take our place in Christ Jesus, we know what's possible for us within the season that we're in. And then we move from there to another season. So what, what God may be saying it's impossible for you now doesn't mean that you cannot. Another season may come and then it becomes possible for you. So as the season comes, as the season goes, you realize that your faith in God is not tampered with at all. Because you are walking within the confines of the grace that has been delivered to you at that time. Your faith is not tampered with. Your hope is in him. Because it's all anchored in Christ Jesus. So you never get to a point in your life where you say God has failed me. No. He can never fail you. No. He's a faithful God from beginning to end. So lift your hands and say Father help me to find you. Let me see you in everything I'm doing. Let me go after you. Is Christ in you the hope of glory? Not you in Christ. Christ in you the hope of glory and you can do all things through him through him through him he said God has set the boundaries of our times and our seasons everything has its place everything has its timing everything has its place everything has its timing Lift your hands to heaven. I pray for you today. That you will find God. As you go about your day, go about your activities, go about the things that God has called you to, you will be strengthened by heaven to find him. And when you find Jesus, the things that he has called you to do within the context and the confines in which he has called you to, you will walk in faith and deliver results in the name of Jesus. I pray that the knowledge that you need in this season of your life and every other season of your life that will help your faith to be strong, you will come into accurate knowledge in the name of Jesus. Thank you precious Father. We give you praise and give you glory. In Jesus name. Come and celebrate. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org. For 
information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.